I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Louis Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michaela Bear. Michaela, what's up? Well, uh, I'm currently inside an airport, so I apologize for the quality of my audio. But um, it has been a great weekend, uh, basketball-wise. Oh, we had boy. the amazing Game 3. And last night, boy, oh boy, I have yet to see the entire game. But I, I already watched Lucas shot like 35 times. Unbelievable. Just a shot. That, that was probably the, the best moment so far in the bubble. But, I mean, all the basketball I've been watching, it's sensational. Yep. I mean, compared to the expectation, we, we don't know what to, we didn't know what to expect from this experience. And it has been great. I mean, I'm not saying like, just go ahead and do the playoffs in one place for the rest of, of like for the eternity. But I mean, the bubble is great. It's been great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been great basketball. And <laughs> that Luca shot and just his play and his stat line yesterday was just unbelievable. I mean, just, I mean, that's a, he's a superstar. We, we talked about it. Like you and I, we talked about it before the draft. Like this guy could be a top 10 player in the NBA. Well, he's that already. He could be a top three player in the NBA as soon as next year. I mean, that, yeah, that's a reality. Yeah. I mean, I I remember me and you saying multiple times the, the word generational talent and we got, like mocked on Twitter because of that. Yeah. And I think that we, this is probably uh, around best case scenario for Luca because they were concerned about his uh, physical, his, his body is like baby fat. Uh, like, I don't remember who used to say that, that he had some baby fat to shed. <laughs> the fact that he was not overly athletic, uh, that uh, probably could not get around every guard that he played against in, in EuroLeague. But, I mean, this guy is a basketball savant and he was the best player in Real Madrid since the age of 17. So when you have a guy like that, I mean, you take your chances. I don't care if Aiton becomes Pat Ewing. You just draft Don Chichen and, and live with it because it's the, the talent gap is too wide. The, he's a basketball genius. I mean, he can do everything on the court. And that shot, I mean, let's not talk for a second about the way the Clippers defend that because it's also relevant. But yeah. I mean, to be able at the age of 21 to do all the things that he does and having and mastering already the best weapon on offense in modern NBA, because the step back is the weapon that you need to have. If you are, if you want to be a ball handler, I mean, we are watching SGA trying to learn that and working that because it's the way to, to create space and to, and to play in the modern basketball if you, if you are ball and, and to see Luca like winning a game like that against the Clippers because it's, it's meaningful. I mean, they will probably lose the series maybe, uh, especially if, if Paul George uh, comes back to like playoff P or whatever that is. Oh, he's been uh, playoff P. Oh, he's been yeah. playoff P. That's not, it's been no problem <laughs> so far. 
<laughs> well, what we call playoff B, what he meant uh, that, that like um, two years ago was a different story. But um, yeah, if Paul George comes back to by shooting normal percentage, I don't think this is a real series. But I mean, I really enjoyed watching Luca playing at this level. Uh, and we missed many times on the draft. I mean, we are not great analysts. Otherwise, we will be uh, on teams or, on, or whatever, working for teams. But Luca, I'll take the victory lap for that. Yeah. For just five seconds. And then we can go back and talking about the fact that I was very high on Mitch McGarry. <laughs> well, we can also take a victory lap on uh, Lou Dort here, who had just an incredible game. Uh, I I still I go back and I rewatch some of his defensive possessions, and I just don't remember a guy that defended Harden like this really outside of Dre, and Dre more so bothered him with length, and Dort. It's not like Dort doesn't have length; like he's got some length, but Dort bothers him by bodying him up and using his yep. put, having his hands in the right place. All the time. And yeah. to me, it's it's just unprecedented. Really, the first two possessions of overtime were crucial, obviously. But Harden drives the lane, gets to the bucket, and Lou just blocks him at the rim. And it's just like, what? <laughs> Who does this? Who? A Lou I, Dort. I mean, Apparently. my goodness. And then he gets the offensive rebound and then gets the foul, sixth foul. On James Harden, I mean, he made some crucial plays. I mean, the, it, I mean, the, the Thunder probably don't go into overtime had Billy not pulled him there for a few minutes at, toward the end of the game, which I don't, I still don't get. I need to look and see what minute mark that was at. But that that really bothered me. There's been a lot of things <laughs> that yeah. Billy's been doing yeah, that has bothered me, but that bothered me. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea that that bothered you, really. <laughs> <laughs> you apparently don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> um, first thing first, you spoke about hands. And one of the things that it's completely bonkers to me is the fact that Lou never uses the, the wrong hand to contest a shot. Yeah. I mean, you have two hands, and so you have to decide which one you should use. Uh, and you'll always use the one that bothers the shooter. If he's a lefty, he uses the right hand. If he's a right-hand uh, guy, he uses the other one. So you have to put the, the correct hand in front of the guy in order to bother him. Otherwise, you just limit his vision way less than if you use the correct one. And the way he defends the step-back tree is amazing. Like, he is able to get the timing right every single time and never land too close to Arden, always landing sideways so that he, he doesn't interfere with his landing space. And to be able to do such things at the age of 21 or 20, I don't know if he's already 21, but it's sensational because he it is, it is so important to be consistent on defense, but to be consistent and to always make the right choice. And, and plus having that body, that can really sustain hardened contacts. It's just a mix that it, you're right. It's unprecedented, especially at that age. And and the way he plays on offense, I know that he, he missed six threes or I mean, how many? I don't know. He will probably miss 40 yeah, by the end of the series. Yeah. If, if OKC keeps um, 
battling with Houston. But I don't care, especially because you can put him in other situations, such as screen actions. I mean, I was in complete awe when Billy drew the last play. I mean, just I dort screen and, and you create space because guess what? He can screen with that kind of body. Yep. He can put his body into Jeff Green and reroute, reroute him so that he loses a step on Chris Paul. Chris Paul drew the, um, the switching and now he's one-on-one with Harden. And if Jeff Green wants to help, he has to run. And so everyone is out of place. Then the house recognized this is just Harden against CP. And so he probably will help anyhow because, I mean, it's Chris Paul. The game is on the line. So you have to help. And boom, like Shea is wide open. Just because Dort is able to screen properly. And if you use Dort as a screener, I don't care if he's not a shooter. Just use him as a screener. Yeah. Just use him in lineups where you have Muscala and Gallo if you want to, to have a center. And use Dort as a screener. Muscala and Gallo in the corners, you have the defense completely stretched out because you have to guard Muscala and Gallo in the corners. So that's why I'm advocating for Muscala, not because I think he will be a plus defensively. He will not be that. But if you go back, as I did this morning, and watch all the possessions that Noel played, you can see a lot of times where he made the wrong decision into helping or or switching and stuff like that. Like two of the trees that Green made were on Noel and both are clear, clear mistakes because he wants to help Dort guarding Eric Gordon. You should not do that. As Dort Spurk said many, many times, just leave Dort on an island. He will take care of himself pretty well. And if he scores, like if Gordon scores on Dort, who cares? I mean, it's likely that the shot that you're giving up by helping is much higher percentage compared to one-on-one against Dort. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's great analysis. Uh, Billy took Dort out with three minutes, 36 seconds left. The Thunder up one. Uh, Jeff Green immediately makes a three. And then James Harden drives to the basket. And instantly (laughs) they're up four. Uh, And it just felt like, come on. And then... And this, this, I just, I just don't understand. I, it almost, and he, in the way that Billy talks about it too, post game, it's almost like he doesn't want to give this lineup credit or wants to give this. I'm war, I'm worried that we're not going to get much of this lineup tonight. I'm worried uh, b- because after, hmm. after he subbed out Dort. He put Dort back in, but he put him in for Gallo. Like you're putting yeah. like, that was just like, oh boy. And so now you have two non-shooters out there. It's just too hard to win, especially and I'm not advocating. I would I would actually never advocate for Steven Adams not to play at all. Here's what I'm advocating. Oh no for. no 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 no. I'm what I'm advocating for is for them to play the three guard lineup plus Gallo plus Dort to close the game. Play him in the last five minutes of the game. Just play that lineup the last five minutes of the game. I think it will give you your best shot against that team because they don't have a rebounding advantage when Steven's out there. What they have is, I mean, and and it's all credit to Houston, honestly. Houston has eliminated any sort of threat that Steven Adams can be with a ball goes up, three red shirts are right around him, pushing him, boxing him out. And he has, if he tries to reach over them, it's a foul. 
Yeah. And so that was a problem in game three for Steven. And Steven yeah. was helpful in some ways. He blocked James Harden at the rim. He did have, what do you have? 11 boards. I mean, he's, he is, he's been, 12. he's been fine, but like, he's not such a difference maker. Like everybody no. else on the court in the last five minutes. I mean, Gallo, Chris Paul, Shea, Dort, Schroeder, all just those are your difference makers for this series. And that's okay. But I'm I'm a little worried because Billy was like, yeah, he's like, I don't know. In the with that lineup, Chris hit a big three. That was that was lucky, you know, for a large yeah. chunk of it. And I and everything he said made sense, but it was all like it all felt like he didn't want to, like he didn't like the lineup. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, oh I'm, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure about that. Mainly because, like, when you when you're able to to draw to draw like an ATO like you did for, to end regulation, you know what you have in your hand. I mean, Bill is smart. He sure. knows. Uh, that he was used, just his demeanor on the on the Zoom call yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I. I I read a bunch of reports on that call and about the fact that he said basically, yeah, I was working, weird thing. Uh, I left it out there just to, just to see. Uh, I think that he knows that Gallo at the five is a weapon. Um, but he also wants to play the long game, trying to keep as many players possible engaged because this is the first series. He knows that he has like a lot of young guys. And if you check out, like if you if you have Noel checking out of the playoffs, maybe you will need him going forward. I don't know. So I understand why he tries to give like as many import, important rotational players minutes because of that. Now, I do think that Noel should sit way more. Like if you want to try it for five minutes, okay, but not many more. I, I really think that Steven can play 30 in this series, like 28, 30, 31. There is a way to beat the Rockets with Steven on the court. And it's not just as I advocated for at the beginning of the series, and I was clearly wrong, um, making established the position and play through him because the Rockets are too good, especially if Dort is on the court. So the tricky thing is to give the three-point guard lineup plus Gallo plus Steve a lot of minutes and give the Gallo at center lineup some time. Because, I mean, the minutes are just not there. They don't mesh very well. And so I don't know what Billy will do uh, in order to, to, to give those two lineups a lot of time. Um, but it's tricky. Uh, again, Steven can play, especially if you go downhill really hard. You use high screens and you play with pace. There were times when Steven was on the yeah. court where the pace was awesome. But with Dort, if you play Steven and Dort, it's tricky because, I mean, they will leave Dort out with no help whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And this is not just, just giving Dort open trees that he will not make. The point, as you as you mentioned, is that Steven has two guys on him on yeah. that very same rebound. And so you limit your your rebounding ability. I was re-watching today. Boy, oh boy, there were times where OKC didn't find the open shooter, though. There is room for like way better shot selection, especially with Dennis at the point guard. I mean, there were three consecutive possessions where Gallo was wide open, yeah. completely open. And Gallo waving his him. arms. Yeah, exactly. Many times. And the ball, yeah. 
is that exactly the ball either uh, arrived to him very late or didn't arrive to him at all. And so I think that there is room to play Steven and to be successful. But you are right. I mean, if the three-point guard lineups is not working as it as it did during the regular season, because either like Harden is cooking uh, everyone except Dort, or because one of the three guards is not having it, or or because Steven is not having it offensively, like like he didn't gain three, then yeah, I mean you don't close with that lineup. Period. I mean, yeah. the three point guard lineup, even in this series, I think it's positive in that rating. So it's not a bad lineup. If you want to attack that lineup, it's why it's way easier than attacking a lineup with Dort. That is yeah. clear. And, well, and the ATO that MD8 rule at the when when Dort sub in for Gallo was 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 a thing of beauty. I mean, the, the pick and roll between Jeff Green and James Harden and the screener was was really really good. And this is why I mean, you have to adapt. I mean, if MDA is attacking you that way, you just take out Steven and and, and play your odds with your best offensive player plus Dort. Period. And it doesn't seem like it's that hard. And I know that you don't want to completely concede to the Rockets with their small ball and whatever. But the truth is, like, that's just what's going to work. I mean, Jeff Green, like, how many times does he take advantage of the fact that Steven is just a tad bit slower than he is? Jeff Green is not, oh, yeah. is not a superstar. I know he's played like it, but he's not a superstar. Is he a superstar whenever you put him on a guy that's quite a bit slower than he is? He kind of looks like one. <laughs> he's... He's been so good. And so Do you know I, why this is happening, by the way? Why? Because when we did the redraft, oh, like the worst picks that Sam Press did in his history, you said that Jeff Green was the worst pick. And now he's making you pay for that. <laughs> it's all on you, Andrew. All on you. That still was a bad pick. Because they, they, didn't, they didn't use Jeff. They didn't use him right, apparently. Should have just been point center Jeff Green. Yeah. I don't know how long I don't know how long this continues, by the way. Like how long like him him shooting fifty eight percent from three? Yeah, how long does that continue? Oh well, it depends how, how Noel is guarding him. If he gives him, I don't know, twelve feet every time, probably maybe maybe not fifty, but like more than forty for sure. I mean those are wide open shots and he is an okay shooter when you give him those looks yeah 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 he's he's been he's been outrageous i mean in that in that game 38 minutes eight of 13 from the field five of eight from three 22 points it's been it's it's been outrageous and i don't know how long it continues been macklemore cooled off austin rivers cooled off but uh jeff green continued to just be amazing uh so huge win for the thunder obviously they took over in overtime it was a really close game up until then uh they do play tonight which it, it's you know it's just every other day basketball right now which is has been really fun uh but during that game gala 20 points seven boards one assist one steal i thought he was fantastic chris paul finally woke up he wasn't just incredibly efficient, but he just had a really nice game. Hit some huge shots on the stretch. He was four of six and three, 26 points, uh, 11 or 22 or 11 or 20 from the field, six boards, five assists. And Shea was was obviously obviously a really a really good game from Shea again. 23 points on 18 shots, seven boards, six assists, four steals, a block. 
he was just fantastic. And then probably the the biggest reason that they're able to win this game was that Schroeder woke up and was the Dennis Schroeder, who's the sixth man of the year. 29 points, five boards, five assists, two steals. He was he was great. He was getting to the rim. Yeah. He was getting to his spots in the mid-range. And it was, I mean, that's really what the Thunder need. The Thunder need those three guards to show up if they're going to win the series or if they're going to at least, at least extend this series. And we're going to extend a hand to our sponsors. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we may see a playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. And that's why partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure that your Nuggets are safe as possible when they, when that matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and safe skin technology, your snags will be reduced. They actually release their Shears 2.0 nail kit with the perfect add-on, their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Perfect Package 3.0 with the new and improved lawnmower, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and the travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with a crop preserver and the crop reviver. Use both, both are great. The crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and the crop reviver is a spray-on toner. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. You want Chinese, they want pizza. And someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash, like the Mule or the Press. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app and choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code THUNDER. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code THUNDER. Don't forget, that's code THUNDER for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. McKelly, the Thunder have a chance to extend this series with the play of their three guards, and I think it's possible tonight. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and I mean, we spent a good, like a good amount of time of the last three years advocating for less quick decision 
uh, on offense, uh, less quick shots and more um, like more well-round offense uh, around Russ. Now the Thunder really need to take quick shots. And I'm not uh, saying like a shot that you rush just, just when you're out there. But like CP3 needs to be way more aggressive. If the Rockets, for some reason, give him a split second more uh, outside of the three-point line, he has to take that shot. And, and Schroeder is the same. I mean, I've seen too many times where, I mean, they had a semi-open three and they elect to do other stuff. You cannot do that against the Rockets. You need to take your shots uh, and you need to be decisive, quick, play with pace. And, and I think that for good stretches of game three, they did that. And, and this is the way to beat this defense because if you, if you allow them to rest on their like on their legs, just just stay there and and watch you thinking. You, you give them too many advantages, and you need to keep this defense on heels because if like a guy like Jeff Green sees that Chris Paul will shoot immediately, like on a screen roll uh, set, probably he will show a little bit aggressive, more aggressive next time, and, and this will create space for for a CP3 drive. I mean, there, there were there was a clip where. CP3 took an ice cream for Steven Adams and was so quick getting into Harden's space. And Harden, like, it was like a Matador defense. He just basically <laughs> went outside of his way. Those actions are the one that OKC needs. Yeah. And, and I think that aggressiveness that we saw from Danny Schroeder in game three and from Shea since game two, by the way, because it was awesome in game two, is, is a very good sign. I mean, it's not an easy series for them. But if they can turn it around offensively and be more decisive, more um, quick uh, with their decision and, and and a little bit more mindful about the guys that are open, because if Gallo is open, you need to hit him. Mm-hmm. Gallo is a guy that can take 10 threes and make seven in, in a game. With, yeah. like, it, it is it is something that can, can happen. And, and you, you want him to be that guy because... I mean, it increases your spacing dramatically if you if you're able to to feed him. Yep. Yeah. A uh, couple of things. Credit to Billy for only playing eight guys and not just trying stuff with, you know, guys like Diallo and Nader and even Muscala. I mean, I know that we want to play Muscala, but you also don't want to play Muscala and Noel <laughs> off the bench. Oh no 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 no. And not so, both. so I think it's good that you've tightened the rotation up. I think that the five starters obviously are the right ones. Basley is given good minutes. I, I want to see a yeah. little bit more because he's yeah. played, he's defended well, he shot the ball well. I mean, I feel like he needs a little bit more rope because I I, I thought he played a lot better than Nerlens Noel did. And so yeah. give give Basley a little bit more run. He's being definitely treated with kid gloves here in this first round situation. But I mean, what you need with the Rockets is somebody that's versatile that can rebound. I mean, he had six boards in his 13 minutes, you know, yeah, he's, he's a good rebounder. He's been, he's, he's been he has great a very good nose. Yeah. yeah. Play him, play him a little bit more. I, th- I mean, I know that there's a, obviously a risk with playing a rookie, but exactly. You know what? You have to, <laughs> you're trusting another rookie. You have to risk. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, come on, just give it, give the versatility, give it, he's got way more versatility than any other big on the team. So that's, I think he should play a little bit more. I think he could be really helpful. Yeah. I mean, 
you are walking on eggshells with Basie. Because like with Dor, I have no no concern whatsoever that he will yeah. lose his confidence through the series. He's a, he's a, like he's such a different guy from anyone else uh, that you, you just trust him to be like consistent. Like he will go on the court, he will play hard, no matter how he should, no matter how much. Uh, like he is a different guy. With Baisley, I don't know. I mean, it seems that when he has a bad game, it takes time for him to recover from that. He's not yeah. the guy that will play super aggressive the next night. Maybe he, maybe like playing him more will help on that hand. But there is also concerns that he might suffer from exposure against a team like the Rockets. So I don't know. I mean, I would surely try to play him maybe more closer to 20 minutes than to 10, like going to 18, 19, something like that, even 20. But I will monitor the results. Because it's hard. And I don't want to put him too much out of his comfort zone as of now. That I don't know what it is. Billy has a much more uh, solid gripe on that, for, for sure. Uh, for example, I'm not sure I would play him at the five. I know that it makes sense. I really know that. But I'm not sure it's a good way to develop him right now. Yeah. Because it's it, it every minute is important. If you play him at, at the four, like like they did for the first three games, I think he has a legitimate chance to be good mm-hmm. and to do the things that he needs to. If you put him in five pick and balls consecutively, I don't know what to expect. I don't think it's ready for that. And so why? Th- that's why I, I'm not really advocating for him playing as the center. If you want to play him with Muscala or with Gallo, I think it, you can do that. Uh, you can play him with Steven. And, but yeah, Sure. I mean, if you if you can play him a little bit more, great. The point is, if you play him at the four and you don't play Gallo at the five, then you are limiting Gallo minutes, and I don't want to do that either. So this bonds well with the idea of just playing Gallo at the five a little bit more, and maybe playing Basie at the four a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So would you? So what's your rotation tonight? You have the the five starters. You have Basie and Schroeder. Do you play yeah. Noel? Who do you who do you play? I mean, if it's most, if I really want to see why Muscala is not playable in this series, I, I don't understand why. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure that the defense will suffer too much, especially if Dorf is in the court. Yeah. So I would play Muscala 10 minutes, basically around 20, and the other six guys, the more, like, the more that they can. I mean, mm-hmm. if they can play around, Shea played too much. 48 in game three, it's, it's, it's too much. But you it's need to play your best guy. You need yeah. to play your best guy more than 35, 35, 38, 40. I mean, I feel this is a must-win game for KC. And it, it probably is because if you're down 3-1, uh, unless you're the worst, you're, you're not coming back. Uh, so Or Cleveland. And so, I, I don't know. I mean, you have to be mindful of that. You, you have to, to keep your guys, your six guys around 40 and just, and just try um, we'll see even maybe a little bit less around 30, 32, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredibly important game tonight for OKC. Uh, such a fun game. I mean, if you didn't get a chance to watch it live or if you haven't watched it yet, uh, you have to go watch the, at least the last five minutes of that game in overtime. It was just such an incredibly fun game. 
really engaging. I'm really, I'm hopeful that tonight we can get another good game. I'm very, very interested to see how James Harden bounces back against Luke Dort. It's not like James Harden had just like the, a horrible game. He still had 38 points, but he's 12 of 27, three of 13 from three. And Dort just defended him incredibly well. And so yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried, Andrew. I'm really worried. <laughs> because know. the step back is not going in. And yeah. it's got, not going in, period. Even against, like, there, there was a time where Gallo was on him and the step back wasn't there. Mm-hmm. It will, there will be a game where he hits seven of those. And yeah, it is certainly This possible. will happen. Yeah. This will happen. And OKC has to be great in taking out everything else and not be discouraged by that because Harden is a great scorer. I know that Dort has been great so far, but you cannot really ask for like keeping Arden to 30% from three or less every single game. You need yeah. to accept that sooner or later, Harden will have his game. And you have to be perfect on everything else because Dort cannot assure you that Harden will be great. Or let, let's, let's turn it around. If by the end of the series, Dort has like keeps Harden shooting this way, the Thunder have a, like an amazing chance to, to go ahead. But it's it's too much to ask to anyone in the entire world to keep James Harden from scoring. He is mm-hmm. incredible. He's a top like five all-time offensive player. There is nothing you can do. He's probably he has more to do with with him uh, on the step back side. The drives are different. I think that there Dort has a clear effect on him on the step back i don't know and if it comes back to him okay she's in huge trouble mm-hmm. yeah yeah it does i mean it, it's it feels like at least through three or two and a half games that houston has it really figured out and okay she's still trying to figure this out <laughs> you know that's yeah it's like the general feel of this series and it was great to get a win but it's still i I don't know if they figure. I think they figured something out with the the small Dort lineup, but like I don't know that. Other other than that, I'm not sure that they've like really figured it out um, with this Houston team, and so I'm very interested to see how they play. I mean, they just need to they need to play hard for 48 minutes, and I don't know that they played hard that entire game. There were still some stretches where they had some. Oh no no no! In the first quarter, they didn't play hard. Period. Yeah, the like, first the quarter. Not good. Yeah, the the first quarter felt like it felt like this is the end. It's like okay, this yeah, is yeah. this is how you're gonna go out. This is how it's all gonna end for you. Great, cool. Uh, and then they put it together. They've got they've got to come out with some energy and they've got to play hard. And maybe knowing that you can get a win helps because I think it that I think something about this rocket team is that they can be pretty demoralizing. Um, on many levels with the amount of threes oh, yeah. that they hit and just the way that they play, it just feels like, Oh man, we just cannot keep up. But hopefully getting a win like psychologically puts you in a different spot. And so I think that we'll, we'll be able to see that tonight uh, for the, Thunder. yeah, you can do it. I mean that, that game showed you that you can do it, but you have to be perfect. And again, yeah. tonight will be much, much harder. Yeah. Yeah. It will. It's going to be very be extremely hard. <laughs> yep. Um, and Kelly, thanks for coming on the show. We can follow you on Twitter um, at Mikey Barra. Oh, 
What's up? Oh, sorry. I, I, I cut out probably. No, that's okay. I was saying that tonight's game will be extremely, extremely hard. The hardest of the series and you have to be... Everyone needs to fly around on defense like it's the last game of the season. Like yeah. it's game four and you are down by 30, by, by, by the start of the game. Just just play like... Well, not 30 because otherwise you'll, che- you'll be checked out. But down 10 with five minutes to go. This is how you should play the entire game. Yeah. And, and show some desperation. I mean, show that, that, that this is the game where you turn things around. Mm-hmm. And I think Thunder have the possibility to do that, especially especially if they play good defense as a unit, not as a just door, like smashing everyone. Right, right. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Michele. We can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate that. It just takes a few seconds of your time if you've been listening to our show Uh, for a long time and you haven't done that yet, uh, please do it. It's very helpful to us. You can also stop by and read uh, the L-Man's review of his own podcast as well as a a nice little treat for you as you uh, leave that review. So please go check that out. Uh, Enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully the Thunder can get another win. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. (laughs) 